Welcome to the Project DIY Hunter Podcast. If you're thinking about hunting DIY or if you've been hunting DIY for a long time, this podcast is for you. We invite you to join us as we seek to gain knowledge to continue to be successful DIY hunters. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. What's up everybody it's kenny here hopefully you're all having a good weekend it's we're sitting here and uh i figured i'd give you the rundown of my deer in ohio but i wanted to start off by giving you a little backstory of my hunting career which it'll make more sense you know there towards the end i started hunting whitetail when i was probably 13 years old and i wouldn't like most I didn't have, you know, my father didn't didn't deer hunt. My grandpa did, but by the time I got that old, he done quit. <laughs> he wasn't in the shape to do it anymore. So I kind of, I just kind of went on a whim, come home from school one day and told my mama I wanted to start deer hunting. And she was like, okay. So, uh, you know, over time she, she done bought me a gun and, you know, all that. But I started off using my, uh, my stepdad's father's 12 gauge and it was a about a 40 inch barrel goose gun three and a half inch pump 12 gauge i swear i could i could hit a skeet at 100 yards out with this thing and it kicked like an absolute mule and uh so i walked in the woods and no idea what the hell i was doing i mean i just went and sat beside a tree and hopefully a deer walked out and (laughs) It didn't work. It took me, I bet you I didn't see a deer for the first two years that I deer hunted. <laughs> and I, I hate, I hate to admit that, but it was bad. And, uh, my sister actually met her husband when I was about 16 and he kind of, he was a big, big deer hunter and he, he wasn't, but 18 or nine. No, how old was he? I'm sorry. He was 20. And, uh, he, I guess he kind of took me under his wing and you know showed me the ropes and thank God he did. He don't he has no idea how much I appreciate him. You know teaching me teaching me all about deer hunting and you know we had a love hate relationship when it come to deer hunting for a little while because I was hard headed and he was trying to you know teach me stuff and you know you already know everything when you're that age but uh, I don't think he'll ever really know how much I appreciate him and you know he's still my my first phone call whenever I shoot a deer to this day and I'm 30 years old he's uh he's my brother and you know anything ever happens between him and my sister he's still my brother but uh that's neither here nor there um so you know over the years of of doing that I got into bow hunting when I was about 24 probably and uh after I shot my first deer with my bow I sold every rifle that I had and become a, a bow hunter. And I don't know why it stuck out to me so much, but I'm I'm a bow hunter now. I don't give two craps about shooting a whitetail with my gun anymore. If I can't kill it with my bow, I don't want to shoot it. And uh, I kind of got lucky with my Ohio trips because I've only been about six times now. And, but the company that I used to work for, uh, it was a small company and the owner of the company was, is a huge, 
you know, outdoorsman and a deer hunter, and he leases land in Ohio, and it's in Hillsborough County, but it's, you know, about 45 minutes from Cincinnati, but uh, he asked me one time if I wanted to go with him and, you know, help him because the guy that was supposed to go with him, you know, to set up deer stands and trim trees and all that stuff backed out on him, so I was like, yeah, I'll go, you know, I mean, I got a couple of days off work, got to go to Ohio, I ain't never been before, and uh, I ended up going, and all weekend I worked, and worked, and worked, and worked. It was never ending, climbing trees, setting deer stands, cutting trails, you know, all the stuff we do, but, you know, stuff you do for one year, prepping for deer season around here, we're knocking it down into one weekend. So it was uh, a lot of long days and hard work, and it was hot. So, he was so grateful that, you know, I guess to him, his words bent over backwards for him. Um, he invited me back. And uh, I guess I, after the second time I went, you know, no one, none of us killed one. We had the opportunities, but we never, never seen the one we were looking for. He, uh, I guess he, I kind of put myself in the hunting club and he just lets me stay around and he's a he's another great guy and i absolutely love jervy uh and I, i'm super thankful that he still lets me go he actually let me take my uh my stepson up there this year he uh he had a hard year his his father passed away and um he couldn't make it up this year so i told him you know if you want me to i'll go set everything up for this year and uh that way you can just go hunt and that's something you don't have to worry about and he said yeah that's fine so me and my stepson and one of my good friends went this year and you know we went in october and set everything up put the cameras out and all that well we run uh cellular cameras up there so we can all look at you know what we're doing before we go back instead of just anticipating and going to pull sd cars when we get up there and uh we went up there set all the cameras up we actually ended up staying in a tent while we was up there for in, for that weekend in october and uh I was so tired after the first day that I forgot to put gas in the generator and our heater went out in the middle of the night because the generator ran out of gas. So we absolutely froze because none of us had, you know, 30 degree sleeping bags. And it was like, I want to say it was 29 or 30 degrees that night. And uh, we absolutely about froze. And it was so cold when we woke up that we did not want to get out of the sleeping bag to go put gas in a generator. So, uh, just to, here's a tip. Make sure you fill the generator up before you go to sleep. But, uh, we went up there this year and we set everything up and we went back for, you know, the big hunt. We, we, we take, we do one week every year. And, uh, that's when the whole group goes. When I say the whole group, it's, about four or five of us go it's about 300 acres we hunt up there and uh that's really the only week that it gets hunted so it's usually a phenomenal week i mean it's just all of a sudden boom you know we're timing it right when the rut starts we got good deer running around everywhere so we sit all day every day and this year was uh it was pretty slow i mean even the pictures were were slow I mean, we had the cameras running for we put them up october 4th and we hunted from seventh from November seventh through the fourteenth. And we might have had five shooters on camera during that month. And uh 
it was it's weird compared to you know usual and uh so the first day we're just seeing tons of does tons of does no bucks or no shooter bucks you know you see the little three-pointer four-pointer spikes just a little button bucks there's a couple little baskets a couple you know 120s come by but the big bucks were not out but it was also weirdly warm for early november i want to say it was in the 60s which you know last year early november it was snowing and nine degrees this year it's in the 60s so the weather were was absolutely terrible so the second day it was the same thing and the third day i actually slept in and didn't go hunting that morning just i was exhausted from sitting there all day and you know not seeing deer so we decided to take the morning out and go in in the afternoon and just hunt the afternoon and one of the reasons was also it was a bad wind is why we set that third day out but we went in that afternoon and i guess i went in at about two o'clock and about two thirties when he come out and he actually come out from the middle of the crp field behind us which is the deer never come from there like you know they usually bed in crp but just happens in this scenario they never come from that crp field they always come from you know the other three crp fields we got on the property but uh he actually come out and he stood at about 12 yards for i don't know 20 30 minutes well that's what it felt like anyways it could have been five minutes i don't know and i'm sitting there watching him contemplating i knew he was an old deer but i'm you can watch video after video after video of how to age deer on the hoof unless you're with somebody that knows what the heck they're doing it's extremely hard to sit there and look at a deer while he's standing and try to guess how old he is yeah you can look at his brisket you can look at how much gray's on his face and all that but it really you really don't know till you get in his teeth you know what i mean and this deer his his back was still straight you know he didn't wasn't really saggy or anything his bread you know his uh brisket was it wasn't i didn't think he was but about three-year-old deer and uh which is primarily i passed him up you know for that that time and uh as soon as he walked away i was sitting there i was kicking myself hard you would have thought i missed him like and i didn't even shoot at him you'd have thought i missed him i felt absolutely terrible and there's just something about me saying I, I should not have let him walk. And uh, so I'm sitting there texting Jervy, telling him, you know, I just let a good deer walk. I regret it, you know, singing my blues. And uh, lo and behold, he did a U-turn and come back. I don't know what he did. I don't know where he went. But he was only gone for about 10 minutes, and he comes straight back to me. And he stood in front of me at 15 yards and i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna pass him again you know one time shame on you two times shame on me kind of thing <laughs> and uh, i shot him and he ran probably 20 yards and crashed and i've i've been bow hunting for a long time and i've never seen a deer crash in sight within 20 yards of where i shot him at and i have no idea how uh how i made the shot that i made and it wasn't a hard shot it was just you know it's the biggest deer i've ever killed and i guess 
I guess I didn't get nervous till after I shot. And maybe it was cause I let him walk the first time. Uh, but I kind of pulled the, the Luke Bryan, you know, is he down? Is he down? But I didn't have nobody to talk to. So I'm sitting there talking to myself and, uh, I don't know how I didn't fall out of the deer stand cause I was only like 30 foot up. And if I'd have fell, you know, I'd have never seen the deer anyway. <laughs> and I wear a safety harness, but, uh, I'm a big old boy. So it'd be, them safety harness better be strong is all I can say. But, uh, <laughs> the funny part about all of it is I tried to, I was texting my boss the whole time I'm in the deer stand and we're, you know, we're talking back and forth and he, uh, after I shot him, somehow it got cloudy or something and I had no cell phone service and I'm sitting here trying to call my brother-in-law cause he's the first one I call every time I shoot one, like I said earlier. And I couldn't get a hold of him, couldn't get a hold of him, trying to send out BBD pics. I mean, uh, text, send everybody big buck down, big buck down. And uh, I had a, I have a lot of support on my hunting. And, I mean, I don't have much more between my wife and, well, my fiance. I'm sorry, I'm not married yet. My fiance and my kids, but between my brother-in-law and Jervy and everyone around me is extremely supportive on my hunting trips and, you know, my passion to be outdoors. So I was trying to, you know, reach out to everybody and be, you know, tell them I did it. I finally did it. You know, it was my sixth trip to Ohio and I finally shot one and, uh, I couldn't get a hold of nobody. The phone wouldn't go through and, it, uh, I never got to tell Jervy for probably an hour that I shot him. So I'm sitting there, he has the mule, um, I don't know, half a mile away from him. It's prime deer hunting time. I'm wanting to run over there and tell him that I, that I shot a good deer and I can't. So I have to sit there until I get cell phone service to, to for him to, to know that I even shot him. And, uh, cause when I was telling him about, you know, I let him walk the first time he told me I was stupid essentially. And, uh, I couldn't wait for him to come, you know, put his hands on him cause he was just as excited as I was. And when I finally got a hold of my brother-in-law, and he's like, you know, did you see him go down? You know, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you watch where he went? And I'm like, I watched him go down. He's dead. I'm standing right here at him. He's like, well, don't move. I'm like, I'm already here. He's like, well, don't move. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was telling me not to go look at the deer. Well, I'm sitting there already holding the deer. <laughs> and uh, he was more nervous and more excited than I was. And he wasn't even there. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I love him. But uh, he... <laughs> When Jervy finally come and uh after dark and he took he took the pictures of the deer, I was he I like I give Jervy a super hard time. He's uh he, he's a little older. He's not old, he's probably 55, 56, but like I said, I'm thirty. So I always give him a hard time about being old, not be able to see, you know, not be not know how to use smartphones and stuff. So I had to, you know, coax him through how to take my picture of my deer for me <laughs> i gave him a super hard time about that but uh after that man i kind of this is where the whole you know hunter should be a team thing comes in is uh i was kind of nervous to post the picture because yeah he's not a giant but to me he is and i don't like how you know you say you know, I might be ecstatic. I shoot this deer. It's the biggest deer I might ever shoot in my life. I and mean, you never know. I, might, I could die tomorrow, and that'd be my trophy for my life. And you just, it, the way people bash other hunters is just, 
I don't know if it's jealousy uh, or it's just people, you know, enjoy trying to make other people feel bad. But I was amazed at the people that were, you should have let it grow. You know, you should have let it walk. I can't believe you shot that deer in Ohio. I can't believe, you know, can't believe you did this. Can't believe you did that. And I'm like, it's my tag. I paid for it. It's my, you know, it's my land. I can do what I want to do. So why can us as hunters not be proud of other fellow hunters? Now, if you're going out poaching or, you know, you're shooting 15 deer a year and yeah, I get it. Let deer grow, you know, but if it's a good mature deer, why would you bash anybody for shooting them? I mean, that's, that's what we do. That's our goal is to shoot mature deer and the older they are the harder they are to shoot my deer was happened to be older than i thought he was and he had no teeth left so it was actual a really mature deer he was probably on his decline and uh i was super ecstatic and it kind of takes away from the thrill of it when people start bashing you about it and now that being said i didn't get bashed a lot but there were a couple you know but uh I just hope, uh, I hope, I guess what I want people to learn from this podcast is, well, from this particular episode, is just like the Bible says, love your brother. And uh, I think, you know, us in the hunting community, in the hunting world, we are all brothers and sisters. So do what you can to support, you know, your brother and your sister. And uh, I just there are people out there that are trying to make it where we can no longer do what we love. And them people love when we bash each other and we're at each other's throats. So this is definitely a time we need to come together and, you know, be one and not be at each other's throats and always, you know, bashing each other for doing this and doing that. But, you know, that's, that's all I want to get on that soapbox. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too far, but, uh, yeah, no, my, my advice is Ohio. I I don't hunt public land. Ohio. My brother does. My my brother-in-law does, and I know a bunch of people that do, and they are extremely successful. But they know how to do it. And you know, public land is one thing we are. You know, we advocate public land big time because we own it. You know, there's public land everywhere. You can go anywhere in the United States and hunt that you want to go thanks to public land. So, uh, the one thing that I really want you to take from this is uh deer hunting in ohio if you are a deer hunter is amazing now i'm not saying you're gonna go up there and shoot 170 inch deer but there's something about a whitetail hunting trip and what i'm saying is it's different from hunting at the house it's nice to get away only thing you have to worry about is hunting deer you don't have to worry about cleaning your house you ain't got to worry about paying your bills or going to work and all that all you have to do is wake up and go deer hunting and there's something incredibly relaxing about that and if i wouldn't have started going to ohio when i did i probably would have really slowed down on my whitetail hunting it's just because it's been i've had i've had some bad stuff happen around the house and i don't mean you know getting shot at or anything it's just trespassers and losing private land and you know losing access here you know my neighbor shooting this deer here and i've been watching it which you know more power to them it's you know it's free game when you come to 
to wild animals, but it's just after a while it just gets aggravating. You know, you put all this work in and somebody comes and sit in your deer stand while you're at work. It's <laughs> it's not fun. And it hap- it's happened, you know, quite a few times and I just got twice got so tired of it that I just didn't even want to go anymore. And uh thankfully I got invited to Ohio when I did because it really brought my love back for the whitetail. And as Charles says, I'm a big whitetail hunter and he's right, huh? I might not be, you know, a big one down here no more, but for Midwest, that's, I'd move tomorrow, and I would do anything to move to Midwest and just hunt deer all day long. I just love it. But uh, I appreciate you listening to my story, and hopefully I didn't take it down too many rabbit holes, but uh, y'all be sure to keep checking out some episodes of the podcast, and hopefully we can actually teach you something over the time, and y'all have a good day.